0: Hello and welcome to the Zero to Finals podcast, my name is Tom and in this episode I'm going to be talking to you about murmurs in children. You can find written notes on this topic at zerotofinals.com slash murmurs or in the cardiology section of the Zero to Finals paediatrics book. So let's get straight into it. First let's start by talking about innocent murmurs. Innocent murmurs are also known as flow murmurs. They're very common in children. They are caused by fast blood flow through various areas of the heart during systole. Innocent murmurs have typical features that help you to spot them and make a diagnosis. All of these features begin with the letter S. They are soft, short, systolic, symptomless and situation-dependent. Situation-dependent refers to whether the murmur changes or disappears depending on the position of the child, particularly if the murmur gets quieter with standing or only appears when the child is unwell or feverish. Clear, innocent murmurs with no concerning features may not require any investigations. Features that would prompt further investigation and referral to a pediatric cardiologist would include a murmur louder than 2 out of 6, diastolic murmurs, murmurs that are louder on standing and other symptoms such as failure to thrive, feeding difficulty, cyanosis or shortness of breath. Let's talk about the investigations. The key investigations to establish the cause of a murmur and rule out abnormalities in a child are an ECG, a chest x-ray and an echocardiogram. Let's talk about pansystolic murmurs. Pansystolic murmurs are murmurs that continue throughout the whole systolic contraction of the heart between the first heart sound and the second heart sound. There are three key differentials of a pansystolic murmur in a child. These are mitral regurgitation which is heard loudest at the mitral area which is the fifth intercostal space midclavicular line tricuspid regurgitation which is heard loudest in the tricuspid area which is the 5th intercostal space left sternal border and a ventricular septal defect which is heard loudest at the left lower sternal border. Next let's talk about ejection systolic murmurs. The three key differentials of an ejection systolic murmur in a child are aortic stenosis, which is heard loudest in the aortic area, which is the second intercostal space right sternal border. Pulmonary stenosis, which is heard loudest in the pulmonary area, which is the second intercostal space left sternal border. And hypertrophic obstructive cardiomyopathy, which is heard loudest in the fourth intercostal space on the left sternal border. Let's talk about splitting of the second heart sound. During inspiration, the chest wall and the diaphragm pull the lungs outwards and this also pulls the heart open. This is called negative intrathoracic pressure. This pulls blood into the heart from the venous system causing the right side of the heart to fill faster than the left side of the heart. The increased volume in the right ventricle causes it to take longer for the right ventricle to empty during systolic contraction causing a delay in the pulmonary valve closing. When the pulmonary valve closes slightly later than the aortic valve this causes the second heart sound to be split. When the second heart sound is split you hear the pulmonary valve and the aortic valve closing at slightly different times which gives two sounds instead of one. Splitting of the second heart sound can be normal during inspiration. However, the split second heart sound should disappear during expiration. Let's talk about atrial septal defects. Atrial septal defects cause a mid-systolic crescendo decrescendo murmur loudest at the upper left sternal border with a fixed split second heart sound. Crescendo decrescendo means that the murmur gets louder and then quieter throughout the duration. Splitting of the second heart sound can be normal with inspiration as we've just discussed. However, a fixed split second heart sound means that the split does not change with inspiration and expiration. A fixed split second heart sound occurs in an atrial septal defect because blood is flowing from the left atrium into the right atrium across the atrial septal defect, increasing the volume of blood that the right ventricle has to empty before the pulmonary valve can close. Essentially more blood is traveling through the right side of the heart which delays the pulmonary valve closure and the pulmonary valve closes slightly after the aortic valve, causing a split second heart sound. This does not vary with respiration. Next, let's talk about a patent ductus arteriosus. A small patent ductus arteriosus may not cause any abnormal heart sounds. More significant PDAs can cause a normal first heart sound with a continuous crescendo decrescendo Machinery sounding murmur that may continue during the second heart sound, making the second heart sound difficult to hear. Next, let's talk about tetralogy of fallow. The murmur in tetralogy of fallow arises from pulmonary stenosis, giving an ejection systolic murmur loudest at the pulmonary area, which is the second intercostal space, left sternal border. Finally, let's talk about cyanotic heart disease. Cyanosis occurs when deoxygenated blood enters the systemic circulation. Cyanotic heart disease occurs when blood is able to bypass the pulmonary circulation and bypass the lungs. This occurs with a right to left shunt. A right to left shunt describes any defect that allows blood to flow from the right side of the heart where there's deoxygenated blood returning from the body to the left side of the heart where the blood is exiting the heart into the systemic circulation without traveling through the lungs to get oxygenated. This allows deoxygenated blood into the systemic circulation. Heart defects that can cause a right to left shunt and therefore cyanotic heart disease are ventricular septal defects, atrial septal defects, patent ductus arteriosus and transposition of the great arteries. Patients with a ventricular septal defect, atrial septal defect or patent ductus arteriosus are usually not cyanotic. This is because the pressure in the left side of the heart is much greater than the right side of the heart and blood will flow from the area of high pressure to the area of low pressure. This means that overall blood will flow from the left side to the right side preventing a right to left shunt. If the pulmonary pressure increases beyond the systemic pressure, this will mean that the right-sided heart pressure is higher than the left-sided heart pressure and blood will start to flow from the right side to the left side across the defect, causing cyanosis and this is called Eisenmenger syndrome. Patients with transposition of the great arteries will always have cyanosis because the right side of the heart is pumping blood directly into the aorta and the systemic circulation. So thanks for listening to this episode on paediatric murmurs. A big thank you to Harry Watchman as always for perfectly editing the podcast. If you found the podcast helpful and you want written notes on all of the paediatric topics, head over to Amazon and pick up a copy of the Zero to Finals paediatrics book. You can also find full audiobook versions of the Zero to Finals books on Audible which means you can listen to all of the topics on paediatrics in preparation for your paediatric exams. You can also find all the notes as well as videos, illustrations and questions completely free on the Zero to Finals website at zerotofinals.com and I hope you tune in for the next episode which will be on Patent Ductus Arteriosus.